Welcome to MUN AMA, the segment of Model UN Coach, where we answer questions from students, parents, and teachers about all things Model UN and beyond. My name is Frank Plavikevich. I'm the founder and director of All American Model UN, and I've been involved in the Model UN community since 2004 when I was in high school, all the way through college, and now as a professional Model UN coach. Today, I'm joined by All American Model UN Program Director, Gabby McKay. Gabby, Hi. how are you today? Good. How are you? Good, good. Why don't we start off? This is our very first episode. Nobody has any idea who the heck we are. Um, so who the heck are you? Oh, good question. Um, a loaded one at that. But yes, my name is Gabby McKay. I am from New <laughs> gonna need your- Definitely not recording that out, so you may as well push through it. Anyways, um, now that I've just completely short-circuited being asked the most simple question I'm going to be asked today, let's actually try that again. Um, so I go to American University where I am a rising senior studying international relations with a focus in national security and a minor in economics. I've been involved with Model UN since my freshman year of high school in 2016 and have been involved with All-American more specifically for, I think it's five years now, Frank? question mark um but i've been the program director for the past two years and it's been a quite a ride all the way through but yeah i think that's me in a nutshell and i love all things model un so i'm very excited to be the guest in this first episode we're really excited to launch this segment of the new model un coach podcast because we know that model un is extremely contextual and without getting the full story and the full side of information It's really hard to understand this activity because of its complexity, because of its nuance, and because of the regional differences that exist throughout the United States and throughout the world. So with that, let's jump into our first question. And uh, Gabby will tell you a little bit later on, but anyone who's listening, students, parents, teachers, feel free to submit a question either by voice memo or by note to allamerican.com. Hello at allamericanmun.com. Hello at allamericanmun.com. So let's get into it. Our first question this week is from Arjun. He's a student from New York, and he asks, what's the best way to get involved in Model UN if my school doesn't have a program? I think it's a really good question. I think uh, it's one of those questions that we've seen, especially a lot more since the pandemic, because a lot of clubs have either in high schools have lost funding or, you know, the competitive landscape to even start a club in like different middle schools, high schools, et cetera. It becomes so much more competitive. So within that, of course, we're going to selfishly say, like, of course, like, go ahead and try to do some researching and, you know, find us. But greater than that, I would... I'm of the camp of recommend like of talking to your friends and seeing, you know, what kind of resources are out there and being able to say, like, can we start something on a more local scale, whether it's just like your town or your greater kind of like area, if not, you know, there are like a plenty of other kind of like online options where you're able to get like certain training materials together and so on and so forth. And then be able to accumulate the skills to then go ahead and attend a conference and then hopefully, once you have that level of competitive experience, you know, join All-American, apply and, you know, compete for us. But there's always resources available for folks, you know, who don't have the program on hand in their schools. And if you do just enough digging, you'll find them. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to sort of back up to an even larger scope. If you're new to Model UN and your school doesn't have Model UN, you probably don't know very much about the activity other than what you may have seen on TV or in movies, read online a little bit. 
Model UN is not a centralized activity. I think this is what confuses so many students, parents, and teachers alike, is it's not like Forensics League or National Robotics, where there is a central authority who's dictating all of the rules, how conferences and competitions have to work. None of that exists in Model UN. You may think like, oh, the UN must play a prominent role in trying to organize these activities. The UN has virtually zero role in Model UN in the United States. It wasn't until about 10 years ago that the UN even tried to enter the Model UN space, uh, which is totally confounding, I know. But my advice, if your school doesn't have a Model UN program, find a teacher and start one. You don't need to have a lot of funding to start. You just need a couple of friends, five, six people that are interested in the international system, and then start doing your research collectively. Make it a group activity to figure out what Model UN is, how you can learn it. Obviously, we have a ton of resources available on Model UN Coach, which is our new training platform, which is launching in uh, just a few weeks for the new school year. So modeluncoach.allamericanmun.com. Everything on there is totally free. There are resources out there. Don't let the fact that your school doesn't have a program be the reason why you don't get involved in this activity. Agree. It's definitely, I think, a lot easier to tackle than most people want to think that it actually is. And there are plenty of teachers who are willing to, you know, to spend the extra time. It's a matter of finding the right people and really starting small and working your way out for sure. Okay. Question number two. This one comes from Leanne. She is a parent in California. And Gabby, we get this question all the time from our parents. How does Model UN help with college admissions? Sure. So very much just like a lot of the things that we tell our students just more broadly, whether it's, you know, like Model UN and college admissions, whether it's, you know, the involvement with All-American more broadly, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, the process really is what you make of it. Certainly, you know, you could list Model UN on your college application as like, you know, one of the many things that a student will do throughout their high school career. And while it probably doesn't have the same impact as it did maybe like 10 years ago and just saying, oh, I did Model UN, it's still a very valuable piece to one's application. But I'll use myself as an example. You can really use Model UN as a vehicle to drive not only certain characteristics that you accumulate throughout the course of one's high school career, but also to tell a college admissions office, hey, here's why I'm ready to go to school here. And here's what skills that I have, what skills that I'm still working on, and what skills I hope to, you know, continue to just like accumulate. You know, competitive Model UN teaches so many different personal and like and professional soft and hard skills that one is able to really leverage by nature of showing consistency as well as also a um, an interest in really competing and competing regularly as well as the adversity that comes with such a subjective activity at that. So in our opinion, at least from my vantage point, you know, I use Model UN as a vehicle to say, here's all I, here's all that I've learned, you know, in the past four years. Here's the challenges that I've faced. And here's how I'm able to, you know, not only understand how somebody might have a differing opinion about me as a competitor. Here's what I've learned in terms of how to deal with that level of criticism. Here's what ho- soft and hard skills that I've developed. And here's what I can do moving forward. And I think that that's a really interesting and effective avenue to use Model UN as a way to stand out in thousands, if not millions of other applications that are going to look very similar by nature of the type of student that Model UN tends to attract. 
Leanne, this is a great question, and, and we get it all the time. It's usually one of the first three questions parents ask me when they start engaging with All-American. And there are a couple of hard truths here. Um, number one, doing Model UN will not get you into college. In a silo, just going to a Model UN conference will do very little to differentiate your application. It will do nothing to differentiate your story. Colleges, based off of my research and my conversations that I've had with admissions officers, and I like to try to do those every couple of years so I can keep my, my ear to the ground on these types of things, is that they're looking for students to present a story, a strong narrative that shows how I evolved during high school, what obstacles I overcome, and how did I make myself stand out? What's special or unique about me that you can add to a student body? And a lot of our students use their Model UN experience and their time with All-American as their differentiator because they say, okay, at any given time in the U.S., there are about 150 to 170,000 high school students that do Model UN every year. How do I showcase myself against that backdrop? And you go, okay, I've worked my way through four years of Model UN. By the time I'm a senior, I have leadership positions. Maybe you help to fundraise money to support your team. That's an example of a hard skill that Gabby was referencing before. If you go on to compete with a, an elite team like All-American, you can showcase that you were accepted onto a merit-based program. Maybe Model UN helped you travel outside of the United States for the first time and encounter a different culture, a different language. All of these stories are so important when it comes to writing your essay, doing your interviews, and helping your application really take a defined shape so that it's not just another activity you're listing. You really have to show some dedication if you want your application to stand out using Model UN as a, as a really critical element. I agree. Question number three. Okay. Here is another parent question from Geraldine in Connecticut. She writes, my daughter is entering her freshman year in high school. When she was in eighth grade, she did a Model UN simulation in her history class, and she loved it. Seriously, she talked about it for over a week. And this is from someone who normally does not talk about school at the dinner table. But I didn't do Model UN in high school or college, and I'm not exactly sure what it is. So my question is this. What is Model UN? Good question. So as somebody who's been doing Model UN for now coming up on eight years and having two parents who are in a very, very similar circumstance, I find myself eight years later still attempting to explain that to my parents who, despite best efforts, have not fully wrapped their head around, for example, the nuances of GA in crisis. But I will get into that a little later. So more broadly speaking, at its core, Model UN is a simulation but not a direct replica of how the UN functions. So when you think of the UN, you'll think of hundreds and hundreds of countries gathered together to talk about larger international issues, whether it be ending poverty, uh, natural disaster, so on so forth. So very similarly, General Assembly style debate follows that structure where you'll have a ton of countries in a room, granted, not every single member state of the UN, it's typically attendance permitting, but you'll have a ton of countries gathered together to talk about an issue. And in this forum of which these countries are gathered together is called a committee. Now, within that committee, take it, for example, there is a, dis a disarmament committee that's called DISAC, where they talk about militarized or military related issues or 
um, the Social and Humanitarian and Cultural Committee, where they'll talk about social, cultural, and humanitarian issues, so on and so forth. So that'll be the organ of which they gather together. And then they'll have a set agenda. So typically when you go to a Model UN conference, you'll have a set topic or even two or three that you will be like assigned to talk about. So you then debate from the perspective of your country on that issue. So take, for example, if one was to go to a Model UN conference and they were assigned the United States to talk about international um, homelessness and poverty, they would then debate as the United States' perspective about that issue. Now, that's only one side of Model UN. Enter then the atraditional side, which is crisis, which I actually will allow Frank to explain because I think I'm going to go ahead and complicate the wheel a little too much if I go ahead and explain this piece. So Gabby is way closer to this activity because she's still an active participant. Yes. And one of the things that makes Model UN so overwhelming for new students and parents alike is there is so much jargon. We love to use acronyms and weird words for almost <laughs> everything in Model UN. But when you distill it, Model UN is a simulated negotiation exercise that allows students to role play as a different country or historic individual. The main difference between Model UN and traditional debate, parliamentary debate, forensics debate, is that there's not a pro and con side. There's not one team and then another, and you're going through a ladder of different debates. Instead, you're in a room with as few as, let's say, eight students or as many as 200 students. And the goal is to come up with solutions. That's the essence of Model UN. It is a solution-based activity, not an argument, I'm going to either win or lose based activity. That's what makes Model UN so dynamic. So what Gabby was describing is what we call the, the traditional committees, the general assembly committees. These are committees that you're going to get assigned a country and a topic to research, and you have to role play that for the weekend. Model UN evolved in about the 1980s to add a different type of committee called a crisis committee. And these committees were designed to stress test students to respond to world calamities in both a historic and modern setting. So, for example, we could be talking about the United, the United States National Security Council debating some sort of topic relevant to the Iranian nuclear program or the war in Ukraine. In that case, your student is going to be role playing as an individual, maybe the secretary of defense, the secretary of state, rather than a country. So it, it's much more specific. And those types of debates tend to happen much more quickly because there are fewer people in that committee or breakout session. So I know there's a lot of words there. Uh, we actually have a parent guide for new parents to Model UN that you can access on our website. It's under the resource tab. Um, so if you want to head over to allamericanmun.com slash parents, I believe is the, the link, you'll find access to That's all resources. <laughs> all right, Gabby, what questions do you have? Okay, so... Question number four comes from Sean from New Jersey, and it says, given the complexity of international issues discussed at the high school and collegiate levels, how do you approach striking a balance between in-depth research and effective communication and solution building? Holy crap, Sean, you went right into the <laughs> deep end. We went from what is Model UN to a very, very specific research question. I love it. 
What do you think, Frank? So I'm going to build off of my students. Yeah, I'm going to build off my previous answer, right? Model UN is a solutions-based activity. I think one of the traps that newer students to Model UN fall into is they get their assignment. Let's get say you were assigned Argentina at your next conference and you spend two months researching the crap out of Argentina. You know its capital, its top three exports, who its uh, major trading partners are, all of its international defense treaties, how many aircraft carriers it has, how many gold mines there are in the country, how many potatoes they planted last year. I mean, I've seen some crazy <laughs> research binders full with random information, but then you forget to research the topic. You have to research the topic. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is analyzing the topic through the lens of Argentina. So yes, all that background information is important because you understand its economy, you understand its geography, its history, its defense uh, standing, but you want to use all of that to analyze the topic to come up with solutions. Because what you want to do when you get into committee is begin to advocate for the solutions that you've already researched, that you've already started to design and then build those solutions with other people that have similar vantage points. Gabby, am I in the ballpark there? I think so. I think the other thing is too, and one of the things that we've focused on and what's really kind of revolutionized my competitive strategy as a a former high school turned collegiate competitor, and even from a coaching perspective now is the idea of at the end of the day, no one is going to sit and listen to you talk about Argentina over the course of a four day weekend. Like we tell our students all the time, like that big research binder and all that foundational knowledge that Frank mentioned is super powerful, but you're not going there to talk exclusively about like the Argentinian geography or how many potatoes they planted last year. Like no one gives a crap. Like at the end of the day, you need to be able to, to do well, to put forward solutions that people buy into and say, I want to work with that person who's representing Argentina to actually mm. push debate forward and really, really make point. something happen. Really, really good point. That interpersonal emotional intelligence aspect of the activity is often overlooked and is such a critical element of model UN, but we'll touch on that on another question, most likely. Yes, but that's, I think, but yeah, it's one of those things that everybody, I think even from the high school to college levels continues to work on. And even something I see on the college level down too, where there are people who still fall into the trap of, for example, only talking about solutions and not having any kind of research backing or vice versa. And it's a really, it's a really, really hard balance to strike. But once you do hit it, you're almost unstoppable. Um and question five comes from Sam from um, from Washington, and it says, um, can you share some insights into the broader All-American coaching strategy to foster strong debate skills, but also effective teamwork and collaboration? It's another complicated topic. Sam is obviously a, uh, a prospective student or maybe a new student to, to All-American. I think that our philosophy revolves around what we call our four key success variables. And every time we teach, every time we coach, we try to make sure that we're stressing these elements. So the first one is research and preparation. That's what we were talking about before, making sure that you have your solutions organized and you're ready to contribute to debate. The second one is pattern recognition. A lot of times new students go to their first conference and their teacher will say, we can't really practice this. You just have to go to your first conference and figure it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
that that is a strategy, but it's akin to throwing a four-year-old into a lake without a life preserver and hoping that it learns how to swim. Effective, Which but works sometimes brutal. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> brutal. So we like to teach the patterns that students should expect when they go through a Model UN conference so they know what to expect next and they can be ahead of where the committee is. The next one is advocacy. We do a lot of speech practice, especially during our summer training academies, to help students weed out those filler words, to be able to speak extemporaneously, to be able to incorporate new thoughts, to be able to speak without note cards or a pre-written speech in front of them. That just takes practice. That's that's the hard part. Those are the, the dribbling skills if you play soccer or basketball that you just have to repeat and repeat and repeat until you build up those skills. And then the last one and sort of the, the most difficult element to teach is emotional intelligence. And this is how to read a room, how to interact with a group, how to form a team, how to show loyalty, how to approach your chair, what to talk about. We have a couple of different exercises we do with students, but this is really the value of competing with a coach that knows what they're doing because they'll observe you in committee and say, hey, why didn't you go talk to that smaller block with four people and invite them into what you're doing? You know, the chair looks bored. You need to do something to get debate more active mm -hmm. so that more people are participating. That one's a little bit harder to teach, but it's the backbone of what we coach. I think so. And even jumping on the last one, too, especially having people, you know, who understand what a chair is looking for and the subjectivity of the like activity at large is major in terms of revolutionizing the way of which our students compete. You know, we co we coach many students over the course of a year who either have minimal Model UN presence in their schools where they come from or just have no Model UN program at all. And to be able to provide them with the skills saying, here's why I know what to look for. Oh, if my chair is doing this, if I know X and Y block pattern is happening this way, like here's how I'm able to leverage that. And I think that that's also a really unique piece of our coaching, which truly does set us apart from, for example, your quintessential like high school Model UN advisor who's never done the activity before, but has just seen their students filter through and maybe sometimes do well and sometimes not. Gabby, we already went over, but I was having such a great time answering these questions. I think this was a fantastic first episode. I really think so excited too. to have everybody join us along this journey. Uh, but that's all the time we have for today. Gabby, can you read us out? I can. Model UN Coach is a production of All American Model UN. Have a Model UN question or even a random question about school, life, or beyond? Email us a note or voice recording at hello at allamericanmodelun.com, which is allamericanmun.com. Remember to subscribe to Model UN Coach wherever you listen to podcasts.